people send it up to the Father. Somehow they get closer when times get harder. Here's to the former. It's 970 WAMD Aberdeen, and this is the Harford Edge keeping you on the cutting edge of what's new in Harford County and beyond. I am co-host Mary Hassler, CEO of the Harford County Public Library, and that is the Bob Mumby who's playing with our microphones today, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> today we'll be speaking with State Senator Jason Gallion. Well, hi, Bob. How have you been? Good. Very good. Welcome to Jason. Um, we're looking forward to today. Uh, such an important part of the fabric of all of our community. Um, not to mention his service, not to mention being a gosh darn state senator, father of a beautiful family. Very beautiful family, very picturesque. (laughs) Thank you. I don't know how long it takes your wife to dress those girls, but it seems like a large undertaking because they always look beautiful. She's a lot better doing that than I am. Well, I remember you took credit for... um, for brushing Leah's hair at the 4th of July parade, and it was really Stephanie. Oh, that right. That well, that was Marie, I think, right? Yeah. <laughs> it might have been Marie. Yeah. All right, so what yeah. are the girls' names? Uh, Marie, Eliza, Helen, and Clara. I love the and traditional. Very cute. My mom's Helen. She's 94 years old. Uh, okay. I know, very cute. And let's give a little shout-out to Helen Ryan, or as she calls herself, Nobody. Uh, she gave a little, a little uh, memento. Yeah, she Helen. had a uh, a really nice little bracelet that she had that says Helen on it and, and gave it to uh, me to give to uh, my Helen. She said she didn't know any younger Helens, really, so <laughs> that was a really nice uh, gesture. Uh, Helen Ryan's been a, a good friend long, long, long uh, time. I love that she comes to all the events, and her name tag just says nobody. Yeah. Like she doesn't pretend to be anybody either. <laughs> okay, now a little courtesy. Or really, it's me complaining about things. Uh-oh. And you're welcome to chime in. The first thing I'm complaining about is life. This summer lasted eight days. It 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 flew. It, it flew. flew. I agree. You're both much younger than me, so you may, maybe don't experience that. But it really felt it lasted a week or two. Well, the nice thing about this summer is last summer was abysmal with all the rain we had. And as a farmer, you, I'm sure you appreciate that, Jason. And this summer was the first summer we've had in a in a while that actually, I mean, July was the hottest month, hottest July, I think, on record. August was came in really nice and has continued to be nice. And so, yeah, I'm going to miss it. I, I like I like living in an area where there's four seasons, uh, and I like the distinct seasons. And le- last year, there was just so much rain, it, it, it was detrimental to the farmers. I mean, it was... You always think of farmers needing rain, but you don't need that much. It really hurt some things last year. So I think this year has been a lot better growing season for them. Did this like sort of mini drought? Because we did have like three weeks without rain. Is that is it late enough in the season where the crops can weather that? Or? Uh, yeah, I th- you know, we got enough rain at the right times. I mean, everything right now I think looks pretty good. Okay, uh, so that's my first complaint. But the exciting thing is... My one of my favorite times of the year is fall, so we start talking about pumpkin this, pumpkin that, the pumpkin lattes, pumpkin cake, pumpkin cookies. So, you know, and, we have that to look forward to. And the farm finder, we can look where the gourds are, exactly, exactly. So, yeah, it's a fun time of year coming up. Of course, I will full disclosure, I was never one of those people, even as an adult, who got excited when school started. Sorry, Sean. Just was not my in my uh, vocabulary. It's like, oh, wah, wah. I w- and we want to ask Jason later about that. Um, what role agriculture played through history in Labor Day and starting school before or after and daylight savings time? I'm curious as to Jason's viewpoint on that. The other thing that annoyed me, I saw someone throw a McDonald's coffee cup out their window. Car car window? Yeah. Really. I didn't think people littered anymore. I don't think people did either. Remember those commercials we had when we were kids? Not you, Jason, but when we were kids, there was like, don't litter, don't pollute. You know, those commercials that were on during the 70s. It was still the most successful PSA campaign Mm -hmm. in history. That and Smokey the Bear. Remember those commercials? You don't see that too much anymore. I haven't seen anybody litter like that in a long time. But it's just not thinking. And the last thing, I'm sorry. I was behind a truck yesterday, again, a pickup truck that was too big and too loud for this guy's now, office now, job. Now, do not question taste, here. <laughs> he had that little sack hanging from his trailer hitch. You know what I'm talking about? No. I know what you're talking about. What is it? I'm curious I, now. They're, they're called 
Truck nuts. Huh. It looks like a bull. It will be on a bull on a farm. So it's over the the um. It's gonads. Oh. Hanging from the okay, trailer. Okay, I take hitch. back my comment. You can yeah. you can comment on tasteless people. I mean, how how <laughs> infantile, insecure, and idiotic does I, that guy have to be? I used to work in mental health, so I'm not even going to go there. <laughs> right. A, that would be exactly. a fun to explain if one of my daughters said, "Hey, Daddy, what's that? Yeah. What's that thing there on the back of that truck?" But does that person? What must they be thinking? They're not. Or maybe they thought it was, who knows, who, I don't know. I don't, I never know what motivates people anymore, to be honest with you. And how a grown man or woman that goes out and buys a decal that has a boy peeing on Ford logo because they're driving a Chevy Well, that's kind of truck. stupid. <laughs> okay. Even though Silverados are really good trucks, but still. <laughs> okay, that, and, I don't know why. And you know, Bob, what's really hard about that is, well, think of Jason with his little girls in the car. And right. they're behind that truck. If it's something that they notice, how does he explain that to his kids? Well, just or, say that's or, that's a law was passed to warn everyone. If you're, it, it's like a, the, the 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 registry for mm-hmm. sex offenders. If you're like an infantile, insecure, immature man, you have to put that on your truck so everyone knows it. <laughs> <laughs> huh. Well, we have we're lucky to have freedom of speech in this country, so it has some. Uh, Yes, we do. You just got to uh, do some explaining when you see something like that, I guess. Exactly. Oh, well. okay. Exactly. Okay. So I'm right to be really annoyed at that, right? But for me, well, you for know, you, like, yes, I have no, you. like, I go right into third gear annoyance. <laughs> <laughs> I'll change someday. Not. Okay. We wouldn't want you to change, Bob Mumby. <laughs> Life just wouldn't be the same. <laughs> oh, well, it's never boring. Okay, we're gonna. Jason and I are gonna hit some trivia out of the park. Yes, we are. Now, Leslie worked on these questions, so I'm sure they're real stumpers. And Jason, feel free to punt to Bob anytime. Okay. Okay. So here's the first one. What element did Joseph Priestley discover in 1774? Okay, there's crickets. Keep thinking. I see the gears moving. Um, mm. it's oxygen or hydrogen? Hydrogen. Which one? He's so smart. Hydrogen. Wrong. Oxygen. oxygen. But you were so close. Good job, Bob Mumby. I guess. Hmm. Guess. You know how it is. Yes. All right. Well, this is actually an interesting one. Which 1997 action thriller film stars Nicolas Cage, John Cusack, and John Malkovich? Is it like Face Off or something? It's close. I like that movie, too. That's an awesome one. Close. It came out. Or is it the one with the plane? Yes. Where they're like uh, criminals on the plane? Yes. What's that called? It's a hairdryer also. Yes, it is. It's a hairdryer. Con Air. Con Air. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> very good. And very good guy. Steve Buscemi's in that, too. Hmm. Really? I didn't realize that. Does he play a good guy or a bad guy? He plays a bad guy. Of course. Okay. According to Norse mythology, who is the god of thunder? Oh, this is easy. Just look at my Facebook page from a convention I went oh, to. Oh, like Thor? <laughs> yes, Thor. That's who's standing next to me. Yes, Thor. We are hitting it out of the park. Okay, you are. Okay, here's a good one. Who plays the role of Frank Reynolds in the comedy series, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? Actually, I've never heard of this series, so... I've heard of it, but I've never never watched it. I know Danny DeVito was on that show. bingo, you got it. Wow. I didn't know Danny DeVito was still around. And back to the Thor thing, I would have never known that if it wasn't for seeing, like, the Avengers movies. Avengers and and Adventures in Babysitting? Have you ever seen that movie? It's from the 80s? No. When you were a kid, oh, you were, yeah, we were. Check it out; it's really cute. It's very and cute. And Th- Th- uh, Thor it, Thursday is named for Thor. I did not know that. Mm, very nice. Okay. Mm-hmm. So here we go. Who was the host of the American Travel and Food Show? No reservations. Another show I've never heard of. I've never, I've never seen that. <laughs> Bourdain, Anthony Bourdain. Yes, you just full of trivia. <laughs> we should go on Jeopardy. Yeah, he should. All right, here's another one. This is easy, I think. Maybe not so for you. Um, And I'm pointing to Jason on this one. Released on April 5th, 1974. (laughs) Sorry. What was Stephen King's first published novel? They made a movie out of it. Starring Sissy Spacek. Oh, um, they did a re... They redid it where, like, a bucket of stuff falls down. Yeah, the guts, all that stuff. What's that? Um, Her mother was a um, black job. Oh, yes. Uh, Piper Laurie. Yes. Scary, scary. We have a look um, at the library. Carrie. Carrie. Carrie, that's Very right. Very good. With a C. Yep, with a C. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. And by the way, yes. he, I just found out, the, you know the movie Stand By Me? Yes. That was a novella by Stephen King, believe was it or not. It? Huh. <clears throat> Interesting. 
interesting. That's Cindy's and my wedding song. Not Cute. Carrie. Cujo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, way too much information there. Okay, ready? Who was the first cartoon character to get his own star on Hollywood's Boulevard Walk of Fame? Mickey Mouse? Yes. Very good. Do you know when, approximately? Yes. That's a trick question. I mean, not a trick question, but harder. 1952. No. November 13th, 1978. That was my second guess. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> All right. Oh, this is a good one. What late disc jockey was the voice of Shaggy in the cartoon Scooby-Doo? Where are you? Uh, I know that. Casey Kasem. Very good. All right. Here we go. Who is the first ever wrestler to be inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame? Bruno Sammartino. No. Gorgeous George. No. Um, what year? It, I don't know. Have you heard of him? Oh yeah, he's been a, he's been in a movie that Andre I love. the Giant. Yes, Princess Bride. Yep. Wasn't he in Princess Bride? One of my yes, favorite movies was. of yes. all time. Inconceivable. <laughs> and Bruno San Martino should have Be, probably been the first one there. I agree with you on that. Prepare yeah. to and die. He had like a run of what, like 20 years as the champion or something back before they switched the belt every other week like they do. Now. Mm. Yeah, and um, <clears throat> Andre the Giant, Gorilla Monsoon, Haystacks Calhoun. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. Fred Blassie. <laughs> I know The Rock. I do know The Rock. <laughs> so here's one. This is this is an interesting one. In what month does the Oktoberfest in Munich begin? September. Yes. <laughs> My other questions. Darn it. I thought you'd say October. Somebody would say October. But it's September. Interesting, huh? They get an early start on it. They do. They're like me. They like decorating early. Well, that was fun. Good job. I think you all got everything. Pretty well, close. We did. Jason and... The Jason Bob. and Bob. I love it. Okay. Here's what we're going to do. I decided we're going to call an audible. I was going to do one thing. Now I'm going to do this and another. Okay. I've always wanted to work this in because I think it's brilliant. Chuck Jones was the bra- the, the, the brains, the creator of the um, Warner Brothers cartoons. Bugs Bunny, Porky Pig, Daffy Duck. He wrote up eight rules when they were starting Roadrunner. And I thought this was very interesting. I love the Roadrunner show. Beep, beep. Uh, rule number one, the Roadrunner <laughs> cannot harm the coyote except by going beep, beep. Number two, out, no outside force can harm the coyote, only his own ineptitude or the failure of the acne products. Number three, the coyote could stop any time if he were not a fanatic. Repeat, a fanatic is one who redoubles his effort when he has forgotten his aim. Uh, number four, no dialogue ever except beep beep. Number five, the roadrunner must stay on the road, otherwise, logically, he would not be called roadrunner. All action must be confined to the natural environment of the two characters, the southwestern American desert. All materials and tools or mechanical convenience must be obtained from the Acme Corporation. And the last one is cut off. <laughs> so I couldn't say. Oh, it's oh. cut off from you. On your screen. Whenever possible, make gravity the coyote's greatest enemy. And number nine, the coyote is always more humiliated than harmed by his failures. <clears throat> I thought that was interesting. Very interesting. I've actually seen a real roadrunner when I was in Austin, Texas, when I was out running one morning. And I was coming up along a path, and I saw this thing in front of me, and I'm like... That looks like something from... I mean, I knew... I kind of knew, and I've never seen one before at all. And they're, they're very interesting type animals. Birds. They really they do scoot. Yeah, they're they birds. really do skirt. Yeah, I mean, they do. And I, I took photos, of course, with my cell phone. Posted all over Facebook, because that's what we do these days. Um, interesting. Interesting rules. But that would make sense, thinking back on all the shows that I would watch as a kid. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. So we're going to talk about the news, what's happening in Well, Harvard? we're going to do two, two quick todays in history. Okay. Um, today is uh, um, actually the 52nd anniversary of Thurgood Marshall becoming the first African-American Supreme Court Justice. Wow. And it's the 102nd anniversary, Miss Mary. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was going to tell you, ask you when. Of the first <laughs> woman ever elected to Congress. Oh, 102 years ago. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Jeanette Rankin. From? Montana. Montana. Wow. Um, so I thought that was interesting. Now we'll do some news. Just one news. We have to, we have to just mention it. Um, the gentleman who, um, who um, injured 14 people and took the lives of uh, Andy Klein and young seven-year-old Tripp 
Johnson was uh, taken into custody yesterday. Um, and he's being held on $375,000 bail. Um, uh, and um, he's been charged with an, a number of offenses, including um, um, gross negligence, manslaughter, and criminal negligence, manslaughter. It's still hard to believe, but um, I know um, all of us have done it, or most of us have done it, and we always rail against it, but there is, if he was on that phone, and it caused him to completely ignore that he was hurtling at 60 miles an hour towards all those cars, why do we do it? Do you ever do it? No, I, my, I have a computer in my car. It okay. comes up on the screen. But they say it's just as distracting to be... I, I'll put my phone down and talk on speaker. But they say it's just as distracting. What do you think, Jason? Yeah, well, most of the newer vehicles have the hands-free stuff now. So that, that comes in real handy. That way you mm -hmm. can still... But, I mean, I, I have a background in the fire service. I've been in the volunteer fire company for 25 years. And you see, you know, I've been on a lot of these wrecks where, you know, that whether it be from alcohol or whatever, somebody's distracted. And, I mean, it can just, you know... You can see how many people it affects. You know, it's tragedy, and uh, you got to find another way. If you need, just pull over along the road if it's something really important. You know, pull over and and uh, get off the road to safety, and, and then if you have to get on there, do it then. And it seems it, it, it's hard to police, but um, and there's a lot of challenges to policing it. But you don't hear of many citations being written for texting while driving. Um, occasionally you hear about someone because it's easy to see the phone, but from what I understand, the defense bar is very good at, um, fighting those charges because they say, how do you know they were texting? Cause they were looking down. Well, did you know that the, the phone was in their hand? And you would think that if it became like a, a common, I guess, like seatbelts, you know, I remember being young and my, we never use seatbelts my parents would let me lie on the back dash and look up at the sky and but it's, sit on a lap or anything yeah you know, like, or in the back of the station wagon with the window down yeah <laughs> <laughs> but now it's almost a way of life um and it was done partially through rulemaking and laws but um you, you wonder because it's it is literally risking someone's life or your own life but yet it's done it's so commonplace to do it. There was a great PSA last year. I don't know if you saw it. It was uh, a woman was driving, and she was texting. And then she looked up, and she was barreling down on a, a car with a woman with two kids in the car. And time froze. And the woman with the two kids got out and walked up, said, just put it away. That's all you have to do, put it away. And the woman driving said no. And then they sped it up again in this horrible accident. Like, that's the choice we're given. People are given when they text. And they, the connection isn't made. And a lot of times you'll be sitting ready to turn left off of one road onto another, and cars are coming behind you. Just, you're saying, man, I really hope that they're paying attention. You know, because there's no yes. place for you to go when you're waiting to make that turn, especially a left turn. That's all I have. Was my car was totaled two years ago. I was on 22, heading up to um, physical therapy because I had a torn Achilles, and uh, I was sitting there at the light. I was probably the fourth or fifth car back behind a pickup truck, um, and this woman just came up right behind us, never stopped, plowed right into my CRV, um, gave me a concussion which I've never had before, and uh, I mean my car was totaled. And um, it, she, and it was interesting enough. Her response was, "I don't understand why you're so upset. That's why we have insurance." And I'm like, "You just totaled my car. You, you just totaled, my, and I didn't even know about the." Did concussion. she? Did she? Was there any penalty to her? The insur her. Ins it wasn't her car. It was her friend's. Well, I mean, car. what about its traffic citation? No, I don't think she got. As far as I know, but I don't. I don't know for sure. I, you know, I know the state trooper did arrive because we had to wait. Um, and it was kind that the uh, pickup driver was um, waited with me um, because his car was, I mean, my car smashed into it, but the damage wasn't anything too extensive. But he, he didn't want to leave uh, when he saw how she was responding. Wow. Yeah. 
and it's sad, but I see it sometimes. I just saw it in my neighborhood. Uh, and you can almost tell now when somebody's on their phone or texting because they don't realize that it's almost like a, somebody who's been drinking. They don't realize that they're, they're, they've drank too much and should not be driving, but the way that they're operating their vehicle or walking is, is a giveaway that they should not be. And I saw this woman just kind of hovering on the street. I'm like, what is going on? No blinkers, no nothing. And then as I went around her, she had the cell phone up. I'm like, and I, I almost rolled down the window to say, put the phone away or pull over. I do that, and I know it's not safe. I will flash people. I'll beat the horn at them. If I'm behind them and I see them texting. I don't know how you can text and drive, though. I guess I'm not that... that um, I can't do two things at one time. I'm just not that talented. Well, when the people had the navigations, you know, I had a car with a navigation system on the dashboard. Mm-hmm. And you don't see it as much because that's just as dangerous. Because I'll look at them. I remember looking at the map and... Few, uh, two seconds go by, and two seconds is more than enough for sure. something to happen. Or if somebody, <clears throat> something falls on the floor and people don't realize it, all it takes is a, a few seconds to be distracted. And, and if, if you go down to get it, often if you're holding the wheel, you mm-hmm. will wrench the wheel. Yep. Now, so I, I don't know. I don't want to engage in hearsay. And, Jason, maybe you know this because you're in the first responder community. Someone told me um, that there was a... Uh, a Hartford Sheriff's deputy in that line of cars or at the back of the line of cars that this truck ran into that morning and that she saw the truck in her rearview mirror and was able to pull out of harm's way? Is Yeah, I'd, I'd heard that too. Uh, I was at an, an event that recognized different law enforcement folks from different agencies in the county, and uh, she was awarded because uh, she was right there to help. And, and I, uh, I can't... I think of her name right now, but uh, uh, yeah, she she was right there, was able to get out of the way, and was able to render help imme- almost immediately. Wow, she reacted quickly then, because you're thinking it's it was early morning, it was daylight savings times, first day, it was still dark out. Because I was heading down to your office, actually in Annapolis, and it was I mean it was very dark, so she react her responses were were amazing. Right to be able to pull it and to realize that he was not stopping. Wow. Hmm. Wow. Oh, well, God bless them all. I know. It's so sad, though. It really is sad. My heart goes out to all the families who were affected. It's just, it was a tragedy, real tragedy. And I saw that um, Sarah Klein said it doesn't change anything. No. Knowing that, no. that what the cause was, it happened. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, so... Um, After the news, uh, we're going to take a break now, and when we come back, we'll be talking with Senator Jason Gallion. County Public Library's Innovation Lab, located at the Abington Library, is now open to the public with hands-on training for area community members aged 6th grade and above. Through creative experiences in the Innovation Lab, you can develop new skills, resources, and products that will help to drive Hartford County's economy forward. The Innovation Lab's technology includes the MakerBot Replicator 5th Generation 3D Printer, 3D creation software including MakerBot and PrinterBot, professional green screen with studio light box, and both Apple and Windows computers, all to help create your electronic video, audio, publishing, and 3D design projects. For more information or to reserve the Innovation Lab for your special project, call 410-638-3990 or visit the Abington Library at 2510 South Tollgate Road. Welcome back. I'm co-host Mary Hassler, CEO of the Hartford County Public Library, and that is the amazing, talented Bob Mumby. Oh, you read it exactly as I wrote it. (laughs) Yes, I did. And this is the Hartford Edge. We are delighted to have Jason Gallion in the studio with us. Jason was born in in Haverty Grace and graduated from Haverty Grace High School in 1995. Sorry, I just gave away how old you are, Jason. He also graduated from Hartford Community College with an AA in, in political science. He was first elected to the Maryland Senate in 2018 and has served as a member of the Senate since January 9th, 2019. His current assignments are 2019 Education, Health, and Environmental Affairs Committee, 2019 Health Subcommittee of the Education, Health, and Environmental Affairs Committee, 2019 Environment Subcommittee of the Education, Health, and Environmental Affairs Committee, 
2019 Joint Subcommittee on Program Open Space and Agricultural Land Preservation. Since 2016, he has also served as the Agricultural Specialist for Harford County. And his public service includes 2019 Nutrient Management Advisory Committee, 2017 to 2018 University of Maryland Extension, Harford County Extension Advisory Council, 2016 Harford County Economic Development Ag Advisory Board, 2011 Harford County Redistricting Commission, oh, that, that must have been a big one, 1993 Level Volunteer Fire Company, he was chief from 2004 to 2009, president from 2011 to 2013, and budget committee chair 2011 to 2018, from 1999 to 2015, Stepping Stone Farm Museum Volunteer, board of the directors of, on, on, in 2015 he was on the board of directors of the Stepping Stone Farm Museum, and his memberships include Harford County Farm Bureau, board of directors, 1998 to 2000, Smith's Chapel United Methodist Church, Finance Committee Chair 2010 to 2018, and Jason has owned Hopewell Farm in Level, Maryland since 1999 and is married with four beautiful children. Welcome again, Jason, and thank you so much for coming on this morning. Thank you. Glad to be here. And Jason last slept in 2012. <laughs> I still get more sleep than my wife, though. She well, with four girls. Yeah, four girls. What is their age range again? Uh, Marie will be six in October, and actually the, uh, the youngest will be one on September 1st. So just when, tomorrow. What's, that's tomorrow, right? Tomorrow? Or the next wow. day. Or next day, Sunday. Yeah, a couple days. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Amazing. She's, and she's walking and just all over the place now, so there's no stopping baby Claire at this point. She's on the move. <laughs> well, uh, the question is, are you going to... Are you going to eventually be able to field a, ve- a women's basketball team? Well, uh, not at this point. Well, if, <laughs> if, if Sonia, my if their mama decides to play. Okay. Uh, Maybe. Yeah. Okay. They, they, we already have it. All right. <laughs> it's funny. I asked Sonia, was she a farmer? And she goes, no, I could see a farm from my right. from my one family house. <laughs> okay. So let's start with that, Jason. Um your farming uh, background. Um, tell us first about that. Do you come from a farm family? Sure. I, I grew up on a, a small farm, and, and my dad and I would we would raise uh, calves and you know little, little cows. And um, from the time they were babies, they're called calves. So we'd we'd raise those up and sell them and stuff. So I've always been involved. And then when I got uh, to be about fifteen, I started working on my uncle's uh, dairy farm, and then uh, another neighbor's dairy farm after that. And I started out on my own right out of the uh, Harford community. I started uh, Hopewell Farm and actually milk cows for about five years and then switched to uh, uh, beef cows and, and hay sales, what I do now. So, you know, I grew up, grew up around it. Uh, my dad actually worked for uh, State Highway, but always did farming on the side. So it's kind of just, it's come, you know, since I was a boy, I always remember uh, being around it. And I've always enjoyed it. I, I like being outside. You know, I like the tractors and the trucks and all that kind of stuff that comes with it. So uh, it's challenging, but uh, it's a it's a good way to to live. I think uh, it's a, it's a totally different environment than living in development. You know, you're out there and you have have some room to to work and play, and it's it's been a good been a good life. Well, I, I remember um, one of the Fourth of July events for County Executive Glassman, and you had decided you were going to cut the lawn. Well. Seven acres? No, actually, that was that in Darlington. That yeah. was the event in Darlington. Yeah, it's a farm that I had rented, and uh, and we were trying to time it right. So when uh, the county executive had his event, that the grass was real nice and mm-hmm. low. So I think I ended up bailing some hay there. It was probably a little too wet, and rain was coming, but yeah. we got it done. But it was, I don't know, it was probably a twenty-acre field. <laughs> but everything looked good for the fundraiser, so nobody knew the difference. Well, you just got up one day, or. One evening you went out and you cut twenty eight, cut and bailed twenty acres. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, you normally you, for dry hay you cut one day and then a, uh, you might tet it out so it dries maybe the next and then the following day if the weather's good you can rake it up and bale it. Lot of, you're always working it with the weather, with or against the weather, whatever the case may be. So, let's the ten ask, day forecast forecast is a, a great tool if you're a farmer and doing let's, hay. Let's ask Mary a trivia question. Okay. I just learned the answer to this. Um, from your cousin Nolan about a month ago, up at your hope. Um, what's this, the difference between hay and straw? I do know from my Halloween decorations, I'm supposed to buy one but not the other. 
because one gets more mildew than the other. But I don't rem I never remember what it is, so I always have to ask at the store when I go to buy. So that's all I know about hay and straw. So what is the difference? So hay is normally like a grass, or it's, it's okay. greener, and it's used for feeding animals. Okay. Straw is taken, uh, say if you have wheat or barley or something that's combine, you take the grain off of it, it gets used for whatever. What's left is the straw. It's more like a golden or yellow color, and that's used for... Uh, for the animals like to lay on or also used by a lot of uh, like landscapers and stuff like that to you know when they plant put grass seed down they put straw over it to hold the moisture in so that's uh, basically straw is for animals to lay on hay is for them to eat and so for in my case straw is for my decorations i should stay away from hay uh, really, you yeah. could decorate with either, but probably, probably straw. Straw will be a little cheaper. There's little straw bales that you see in it's, October. Yeah, and they always say, talk about hay rides, but norm, most times on it's a hay straw ride, ride. It's straw in there. So yeah, I think that's where I get confused yeah. because I know about hay rides. Yeah. Growing up in the city, yeah. it's like well, anymore. We just call them wagon rides. That way, you can't go wrong. Wagon rides. Oh, I like it. <clears throat> well, I had. So you grow what? Straw or hay? Hay. Okay. Yeah. So what I food. sell, I have you a lot. You sell food. Yeah. So for the animals. Yeah. Mostly, uh, my, most of my customers have horses, so they okay. they purchase the hay for me to feed their horses. Cool. Yeah. Do you raise chickens? No, I don't do. You chickens. don't do chickens. Just just beef cows. Oh, just beef cows. Yeah. Charlay? I have a couple, but mostly black Angus. Okay. Black Angus. Tell us about Hopewell Farm. Sure. When did you, you acquire it? And so that's that's the one I I, I started right out of college. Um, with a, my parents signed on to a loan because I was uh, too uh, young, I guess, to you know get get it on my own. So mom and dad agreed and signed on and went out and uh, purchased the cows, started milking in Churchville, and then we moved the herd to um, a level where where I still have cattle. But then after a few years, uh, decided to go in a different direction, and we uh, switched to uh, the beef cows, which uh, has worked out pretty well uh, with the dairy farming and I have a lot of respect uh, appreciation for our dairy farmers what they what they do I mean they're milking at least two times a day every day of the year and uh, it's it's a tough go milk prices haven't been that great for a long time so uh, they're really uh, really having to work to uh, to make ends meet with the low milk prices is Hopewell farm historic in any way the property that you own <laughs> no actually um, the other, a lot of the other names I would have used were taken. So Hopewell Road is right near where, where I am and where I'm from. And uh, it kind of had a dual meaning. I was like, well, Hopewell. When I started out, I said, well, I hope I do well so we can put those <laughs> two kind of together also. And so that's kind of where that came from. Now let's talk. Uh, we're going to spend most of the time talking about your role as act specialist and uh, certainly the em em emissary. Um, an advocate uh, for our ag community um, and ag economy. But let's talk about State Senator Jason Gallion. Um, has it hit you yet? Yeah, it's, um, it's been a whirlwind. You get, the, you know, the session is in uh, the winter. It's early January through early April. It's, I'm the only full-time farmer in the, I think in the whole legislature, definitely in the State Senate. And it was set up back in colonial times where for that time in the winter so farmers could go serve and then get back home in time to plant in the spring so i guess i'm kind of a throwback in, in that regard and also it's the session starts on monday nights and that was done so folks from like western maryland and from down the eastern shore would have time to get there uh so it's kind of hmm. it's neat the the history there of that of that body and the what and the way things are set up as far as being center certain you you have a busy uh schedule you're on a number of committees and subcommittees but did everyone try to give you advice about your first session uh, i got a, i got plenty of advice you know but a lot of it's uh actually get in there and living it and 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 you i have a great a great staff that that helps out and um and you can't do this by yourself there's so i mean just keeping the, your schedule during those three months especially is you're you're packed during those 90 days but I, I like the pace. It's fast. The weeks went by uh, real quick. Before you know, it's Friday, and I was I was heading home. You're home on the weekends. I know in the House side they had some Saturday sessions, but on the Senate side we did not. So we always were uh, out of there on Fridays. Might have been late Friday, but we'd be home for the for the weekend. So what um what advice would you now give yourself? 
well, you know, I wouldn't say don't do it. I mean, I, I, I like doing it. <laughs> and people, you're doing it well. Yeah, people, no, thank you. People that say, oh, it's, it's such a tough thing. Well, if you don't like doing it, you probably shouldn't be doing it. You know, so I, I do like it. I like where we can help folks out. I like, I like you know, the, the, the process of the laws and, and seeing how that comes about. I like fighting against things that I think are bad. And I like fighting for things that I think would be beneficial. So it's, uh, uh, if I had to give advice to myself back, I'd say I'd, I'd probably, um, well, I don't know. I, looking back, I don't know much I would really do different. Uh, I've kinda, well, that's pretty good. Um, as far as the housing, I mean, I think it was a good decision. We, instead of just go, a lot of legislators will stay in a hotel during session. I chose a house that way Sonia and the girls could come down some. So I think that was good. Uh, they enjoy it. It's, it's neat seeing these little girls running up and down the halls of the mm-hmm. Senate offices. I think that's uh, a, a memory that they'll have oh, growing yeah. up, yeah. you know, kind of a neat thing. And, and, the, and all the folks that work there have been great to, to my family and they enjoy seeing the girls, you know, one of the first days we went down, uh, the lady that's kind of in charge, actually the library in the, in the, uh, in the legislature, mm-hmm. you know, gave them stickers. And uh. so they had a, a friend right away that they'll, they'll always remember. So, and what's coming up this session? And what uh, should we be looking for? Talk to us about the the um, truth and labeling initiative uh, that you're working on. Talk talk to us about um, this incredible spending package uh, that's being contemplated for education, and where ag fits into that. The Kerwin um, sure. recommendations. So I I was able to sponsor and, and get past along with uh, Jay Jacobs on, Delia Jacobs on the House side, a truth and labeling bill for, for uh, milk. And we spoke a little earlier about uh, the, the issues that dairy farmers are having. We're down to about 20 dairy farms left in Harford County. When I milked cows in the 90s and the early 2000s, there was over 50. So you can see how many folks are going out of business. So we're looking at all different ways to help them out. One thing is, this is an issue that... Uh, I've talked with Farm Bureau about and other and dairy farmers was you've got these almond beverages coming in and saying calling themselves milk when the FDA's definition of milk says it has to be come from basically a hooved animal. Mm-hmm. So the FDA, if they lived up their own definition, there wouldn't be an issue, but they're letting this stuff slide. So the legislation that we were able to get passed and the governor signed was uh, basically would put us in a compact with other southern states that once. I think it's like nine or 11 states sign on to similar legislation, it would force the FDA to live up to their own definition of milk. So North Carolina was the first state, we became the second. I know, uh, I think Arkansas and maybe Alabama are working on stuff like that now. So it's actually uh, progressing. We did what we could do in Maryland. Uh, You can't just ban something outright in just one state. It just wouldn't work for commerce and stuff. And I'm not one of these guys that wants to be just, let's just ban this and ban that. But This is something totally different. This is where the states are kind of taking the bull by the horn, so to speak, and trying to lead the federal government to where they should be already. So this is states taking a lead on on this. And, uh, you know, that was kind of the Cinderella story of the uh, session. I don't think when we first put this in, anybody thought it had much chance of passing, let alone coming from a a brand-new freshman uh, that proposed it. But um, we really worked hard on that, and we're able to get it, Actually, on the Senate floor, I think it passed like 36 to 10 with broad uh, bipartisan support. So I was uh, you know, happy to be able to get that done in our, in our first session out of the gate. Uh, also, you mentioned about Kerwin. I put in an ag education bill that uh, was, I'm on the Education, Health, Environmental Affairs Committee. So ag stuff comes through my committee and also education stuff. And that actually was uh, killed in my committee the ag education bill, which really didn't have a lot of teeth to it, but it, it, I thought it was good with North Hartford High, especially with their ag magnet program. I really want to support, you know, have that continue and, and be a big supporter of that. So my bill was killed in committee, but when it came to time to do the initial Kerwin bill, what they called like the year zero or, or the down payment on this Kerwin, uh, I was able to get ag education added in, amended into that initial Kerwin bill because, um, some folks said, oh, we'll put something in next year. And to me, next year wasn't good enough. I wanted to have it in there in writing from the from the get-go, from the beginning. So we were able to get that done. And actually, that passed out of my committee like 9 to 2 and was added into the uh, Kerwin bill. So we, there was a couple, probably the two biggest uh, wins we had. 
uh, last session where uh, in in our first uh, session. Well, the truth in labeling is. Uh, thank you for doing that. It's one of it's one of my personal things that. I want to know what's in my product. I want to know. Just let me know what's in there so I can make, as a consumer, an informed choice. And I do drink almond milk but I've and, and regular dairy milk, too. And I've noticed that. And, and coming from the t at one time, it was very specific. You couldn't claim to be organic or natural unless you met certain criteria. And that seems to have gotten very loose over years. Um, and it's just making that informed like the GMO. It was not just tell me and let me make that choice to purchase it and consume it especially with people having a lot of allergies and right. sensitivities these days like kids yeah. um it's just so critical and that's something so thank yeah. you for yeah. and the nutrition is totally different i mean mm -hmm. with with cows with dairy milk there's a lot more you know you got protein all these different yeah. uh, nutritional items that are mm -hmm. in that that are not in the almond uh, beverage and you know i had some of the folks on the other side of that issue said well don't you think people are smart enough to figure out that almond milk is not you know, real milk, and uh, another senator on my committee said when he first saw it, he said, oh, I thought it meant almond-flavored milk, and this is a, a senator that has been in the legislature a long, long time, <laughs> so, it, you know, I'd like to uh, do anything I could to support these dairy farmers, and this this seemed like a, a common-sense thing that we could sure. we could do, and actually, when they were voting on the Senate floor, I think some of my colleagues were mooing during the vote, but <laughs> they voted the right way, so we'll uh, we'll give them their little humor hey, they there. can moo all they want. Yeah, they That's can moo good. all day as long as you vote green on it. <laughs> <laughs> so what are the, some of the challenges that face? Like, you were a fresh, you were considered a freshman senator this right, year? Right, yeah, brand new. Brand new. Um, so what, as a freshman senator, what are some of the challenges or things that you thought were, like, not difficult to get through, but just challenges? Well, you have to set up your staff, and there's a like a tunnel that take you from the office buildings over to the the chambers and just it takes a while just to figure out how to I've get I've been in that tunnel and yeah, I get can, lost every time. You can get lost. I'm just and now up in the parking it out. garage and I'm like this is wrong. We've got off on the wrong floor people. Like find where the bathrooms are, you know, <laughs> any new any new job you're going to have stuff like that. But one thing that's real helpful, they did an orientation and then they also did a um like a bus tour with the new legislators. It took us to different spots in the state. And you get to know the new your other colleagues, and there was a huge turnover this past session. I think about a third of the Senate was either new, either they came from the House delegates, or there were like five or six brand new senators. I'm one of them who have never been elected officials before. So I think it would have been a lot tougher if if you're like one of, one of a very few that's new. But we had so many new people, as like we were all learned together. Uh, a colleague of mine, uh, when I dropped the first bill was there watching, seeing how, you know, because she it. hadn't dropped her first bill yet. So so what did that feel like, dropping your first bill? Well, that was actually, I, I can't remember, that, that might have I mean, been the Ag Ed a, bill. It yeah. was neat, we took pictures of it, it's something, you're, even when you get to print out of so what's coming up that day, I saved some of that mm -hmm. stuff to have for a scrapbook, but it's neat sitting in that chain, chamber uh, and hearing, you know, President Miller, who's been, you know, the longest serving uh, Senate president in the country, He's been over 30 years. To hear him tell stories of how Thomas Jefferson used to get his exercise run around the Capitol there and stuff. <laughs> so I'm a history buff. So that kind of stuff was it's just neat being in there. On the day I was sworn in, I had my parents both there with me and Sonia and the girls. We were all, uh, Miss Joy, who works for uh, President Miller, made sure that we were able to have everybody on the floor with us. And also even uh, Senator Cassidy gave up one of his spots to make sure that we'd have room on the floor to have all our people that day when I, so that was just a special moment uh where my you know my, my parents and my wife and children were all there and we had other family there too that was up in the gallery so it was a neat neat experience that first time to have a kind of a family experience too and actually helen who is now almost three fell asleep on me and i went to put her down when i was taking the oath and she started to fuss i just i took the oath with her in one arm in my uh -huh. hand my hand and, we had the Bible open on the desk, I think, her and my left arm and my right hand in the air <laughs> taking the oath. So that was that was a neat thing that uh, we'll be able to look back on when she's older. Yeah. And, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and for her, too, when she gets older, and, and that that's always going to be part of history. Yep. And, you know. So I assume you like the way that they've uh, added those special rooms um, at the State House, where they have George Washington standing there. Oh, and, uh, yes. You know, those. It's very historical, and I yep. think it's just lovely the way they did yeah. that. And there's going to be uh, uh, Harriet Tubman and uh, Frederick Douglass. Some some extra things coming in in the near future. That's something that we've been that they've been working on. So, if you like history, that's a great 
place to go. Uh, that's where, you know, George Washington resigned his commission mm -hmm. as the head of the uh, of the uh, Continental Army. Uh, so, and that statue there, it's kind of like it's a life size, and it has you know that that room just filled with so much history. I've heard that next to uh, Independence Hall, it might be the, like the most important spot in American history. Uh, there, the sec, you know, next to the yeah. next to uh, the signing. So, so it's neat, neat it being there. Neat. I'm taking it all in, but you just take one thing, one day at a time, and, uh, and and try to enjoy it. And just you know, met a lot of good people, and, and you know, you got to if you're a people person, that's a, it's a great place to be. You know, you just it's building, it's important to build relationships. You know how to treat people, work with people, and it, it all it all seems like makes things work out real well. Do you learn anything as far as being able to spot someone who's uh, that you can't trust? Yeah, you can kind of tell that too. Um, I'm not going to name any names, obviously, but there was one bill that uh, was co-sponsored. I you know, got some colleagues that co-sponsored, and then they voted against it, and the bill was pretty much the same. It didn't really change, so it wasn't like what they what the vote was was something that uh, was different from what they'd signed on for. But interesting. So. And you see some of these special interest groups have had, you know, have a lot of sway on certain people. So you kind of got to watch, watch some of that. But, uh, yeah, you can, you can kind of, as, as you get along, you can spot it. And you also see what makes different people tick. And uh, when you're trying to get something passed, it might be better uh, to handle, that, handle different folks in different ways. Some people you go to early in the process and say, hey, I'm looking at doing this. What do you think? Other folks... You wait till the last minute, so they don't have a chance to try to stop what you're trying to pass. So that was some of the learning stuff that we that I uh, I had during this session. It's 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 learning people. I mean, in the Senate, there's forty only forty seven of us, so you're gonna get to know everybody, and uh, you learn the different personalities and you know. Interesting. Have you ever read uh, Team of Rivals about Abraham Lincoln? Yeah, by. Uh, Doris Kearns Goodwin. Right. I'm I'm familiar with. It. I haven't haven't actually should, read that. You should but. read it. Really, it yeah. talks about that. Yeah. I've seen her he, speak out on on some <clears throat> shows on the History Channel and stuff. To just talk about. He he won the nomination in 1860 against three much more powerful men, much more well known men, Seward, um, Chase, and Baldwin, and they all disliked him and didn't respect him. They thought he was a yokel, from, you know, Hayseed, Illinois, and. Um, he played the back room well because they could, the first two ballots, nobody could win. So he, he, he sort of, they pretty much neutralized each other and he put together a coalition among people who loved Seward, but didn't like Chase and loved Chase, but didn't like Baldwin. And they were furious when he won and they were talking about, they were going to overturn it and... They were disparaging him, and he put all three of them in his cabinet. And one of the things he said was, I'd rather have them inside the tent peeing out <laughs> than, uh, than outside peeing right. in. <laughs> get, every year during session on, on a, a Monday night near, um, I guess, President's Day, normally um, one of the Republican senators will give a speech about Lincoln, and, one of the, and then for um, Martin Luther King for that holiday... Uh, one of the Democrat senators gives a speech for that. So this year will be my year to give the Lincoln oh. uh, speech. So um, yeah, it's yeah, definitely. I'm, look, I'm looking forward to that. I'll drop that book off. Oh, I might have to run. Day. I might have to run it past you. Uh, I hear you're a great <laughs> proofreader. Maybe I'll get you to look at it. <laughs> yes, my wife says it's my most help, help, helpful but annoying quality. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I'll bring that book into the office for you. It's really something. So. Your other hat, in addition to helping save our lives every day by being a first responder and a level volunteer fire uh, company, act specialists for Hartford County. Uh, so many initiatives going on, so many things being done to move the agenda forward for our economy and for our farming community and for our education um, and our heritage. Tell us about, you know, let's talk about uh, the quilt tra trail. Let's talk about uh, farmers market, agriculture, economic development advisory board, um, etc. How do you want to How do you want to do this? Because there's so much to cover. Sure. So I was uh, fortunate enough to be brought on uh, a few years ago to be the agricultural specialist for the county, and 
basically with that, uh, you know, we're trying to promote local agriculture. And one thing, that, uh, a trend I think all over the country is a lot of folks want to know where their food comes from. So that's where the, this Farm Finder app, you, go, if you, you can download that. And if you're interested in buying locally sourced products, you can look at a map of the county and click on an icon. If you want to, say, buy beef, you can click on a picture of a beef cow. And it'll bring up, you know, different, say if you live in Churchville and click one in that area, it'll bring up information on that uh, producer. It'll have, you know, if they have a website, phone number, Facebook page, stuff like that. And this was something we actually started up. We had a partnership between Harvard, different Harford County Ag components and Harford Community College, and also even with uh, North Harford High School. And it's a group working together. And this was, uh, we had a Tabitha who did it as a magnet uh, project for, for North Harford High that did a lot of work on this. So it's been a really a collaborative uh, effort. And this is something that we wanted to do a long time, but it, these groups work really well together. We have monthly meetings. Uh, Dr. Stowers there at the college is a scholar in residence with that program. She, uh, she has been just great to work with. And one other thing that I think you mentioned was we had a sympo an ag symposium back in March. And we had, it was at the college last year. Well, we're going to have another one, and Harford County is going to help, uh, help fund that this year in, in conjunction with the college. And it'll be year two. And basically what that does is bring ordinary folks off the street that have questions about farms and farming and their food and puts them right in touch with different, uh, different farmers and, and other specialists to learn about you know, where their food comes from. And one of the topics last year was ag land preservation. And I uh, helped moderate the discussion on that in that in that part of the workshop. And a lot of folks want, had you know had a lot of questions about that. Uh, there were some funding questions about that in the prior year in the county council, so they uh, that was kind of a hot hot item. But you know people want to want to learn more, and uh, they have a lot of questions. So this is a way to bring them all together. And the the homegrown Harford magazine, which we're all three looking through right now, <laughs> this was uh, really great job. It's great. So Very good economic development. Director uh, Len Parrish there. It was this was really his idea, and we all worked together on that. They did a great job in that department to bring this together. There's one great feature about uh, uh, women farmers in the county. Yes, it got my attention. Yep. Yes, it did. And they're all you know they're doing a terrific job. The day of that the milk bill down there, we had mm -hmm. some of the those ladies came up and testified in favor of our milk. I tell them I give them the credit for that thing passing because they did such a great job. I think whoever whoever coordinated the the, the production for this did a great job. It's a nice balance of facts, of information. It's got Good great pictures. recipes. Yeah. I saw the uh, beer pulled pork recipe. Right. That so I'll, it's at the lot. You have this at all the libraries. We have right? this at all the libraries, and we need more. So okay, we're I have. Out. I'll. I can bring you some. Oh know. yeah, we're, we have. We gave out almost uh, six hundred within the first couple of days, okay. and people. Well, we gave it. out a lot to farm fair, yeah. and the the barn quilt trail is another uh, thing that. This has been talked about for a few years, and then mm -hmm. Visit Harford worked with us on this. So there's these barn quilts are mostly eight foot by eight foot pictures or designs. They're all over the county, and you can go to these. The website is barnquiltsofharfordcounty.com, and you can go. There's one at the Agricultural Center there mm -hmm. in Dublin. There's one at Stepping Stone Museum. There are a bunch of different ag businesses across the county, but you can go check these things out, take pictures, and also support uh, different local uh, businesses that have these on them. So it's it's pretty neat. I can't really do it justice by talking about it. You almost have to go look. And if you check out that barnquiltsofharfordcounty.com, you, mm -hmm. can, you can learn information about each of these quilts, like where they're located. They'll tell you something about the farm or the business. There's one at North Hartford High School at their, on the barn there. I may have to start my quilting again. I used to quilt. My grandma was a, in Virginia was a big quilter back in the okay. day. Well, this is two more or less two mm -hmm. sheets of plywood yep. and paint. Yeah. So when you think of quilts, it's not like a blanket quilt. Yep. It's that when but I first heard about, it, I was like, "What? You know, what are we making blankets?" Or, but no, it's not. <laughs> no. But what it is is they're taking the blanket uh, themes and the designs and turning it into something that can weather the weather and things like that. Right. So yeah, no, it's very clever. We unveiled ours at Shore Hope at our uh, first annual Corral for Hope. That's right. I, I believe I was there. That okay. That was. Yeah. So that's kind of a neat thing. Uh, Agritourism is a big thing going on. Folks are starting new ag businesses. We have uh, some folks that are looking at diversifying into doing uh, 
you know, either an on-farm store to sell their own products or, uh, you know, bre local uh, breweries are, are a big thing now. You know, we already have, you know, some wineries. We just always encourage folks to support your local ag businesses. So you're buying direct from, from them. You know, I think all the great produce stands we have, we have, you know, the Bel Air, Havre Grace, and uh, Aberdeen Farmers Markets. Yeah, and uh, we should tell folks that uh, actually Aber Aberdeen's last one uh, yesterday, but Bel Air's and Havre Grace's both go to November 23rd. Bel Air is in a courthouse parking lot off Thomas Street. It's from 7 to 11 on Saturdays. And actually, it, it goes on November 30th to December 21st as well from 9 to 11. And Havre de Grace is at Hutchins Park uh, on Saturdays from 9 a.m. to noon, and that goes to November 23rd as well. And uh, Jason, where do people find out more? There's just so much to cover. They can go to HartfordCountyMaryland.gov. And for the more ag-related things, you can go to HartfordFarms.com, and we also have a Facebook page if you do a search of Support Harford Farms by Local. You know, you like like that page on Facebook, and you can keep up to date. And we, we post not only stuff we're doing, but other things going on, like you know when we have the farm fair and these these different other uh, things happening uh, in the in the community. So I would encourage people. On, it seems like a lot of people are on Facebook. Get on support Harford Farms by local, like it, and, and follow what we're doing on there, and you can learn uh, you know more about what's going on in, in the county. And just, uh, you know, in this, uh, the, the magazine, there is a, a directory of all the farms. And the, the key, reading the key to what each of the farms grows or produces, it just gives you, a, here's the directory of it. Beef, brewery, dairy, brewery. Did I say that twice? Yes. Gourd, brewery. Oh, I'm kidding. Honey. Hey, don't forget wineries. Honey, that's right. Lamb, <laughs> lavender. Uh, Ork, orchards, poultry, pork, eggs, trees. Trees are important. Holidays are coming. Produce, wineries and breweries. And for families, other activities. than winery and breweries, it's activities, yes. And it, also inside this publication is really acute um, seasonal activities to do where if right now currently in the fall we're getting ready for the Harford County Wine Festival and Harford Beer Week there seems to be a recurring theme here <laughs> but the Darlington Apple Festival is coming up hunting days farm to table dinners farm fall farm activities you know my favorite pumpkin picking hay rides which aren't hay rides they're wagon rides <laughs> I know that now corn mazes and more and it's just this is a really great publication kudos to the team who put this together and um, you know and the, and the important thing is buying local as you know your source we know each other I mean that's the great thing about Harford County is we do know each other um, and it's 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 supporting the local economy in a really important way so and it's fun yeah. it's really fun when you go visit some of these farm stores like Bloom's Broom I mean you know, Kate's ice cream. Right. Oh my gosh, it's amazing. Keys Creamery. Keys Creamery. Yeah. We have a couple of great ice cream stores. And for folks that maybe not online that much, if they just if they need more information on something, feel free to call me at four one zero six three eight three five one one. If you'd like, uh, you know, copy of one of these magazines, give me a call, and uh, I'll, we'll get one to you. Or come to one of your local libraries, and we'll happily get that, get that to you too, and help you download the app so you can right. uh, even do more searches. And don't forget our produce stands, our farm produce stands, uh, the Harmons, uh, Rigdon Farm Stand, Wilson's, Hopkins, Brad's. Um, Wilson's, Fruits of the Forest, Pie. Yes. Jones. Jones. Yeah. Really, really. We're going to leave somebody out. Stuff. We start talking. Oh, yeah, that's true. I, mean, I know. Call. Where's I'll that list? Call them. Hey, you, you They'll yell at me, too. Well, They'll that say, was you just neutral. me going off the top of my head. <laughs> but I, it's really, it's just, you... you and, I, and I, I'm going to give a shout-out to the Lavender Lady Farm, too. For those of us who are into crafting and things, it's just these... It's a really great way to spend your Saturday or your Sunday with your family and friends and really to support everybody locally. And one thing with this inaugural edition, we've had a lot of farmers that have contacted us. Uh, if you'd like to be involved in this and you didn't get in this first one, make sure you contact us and we'll, we'll get you... That goes for the app, too. Uh, if you'd like to be on that app, uh, contact me, and we have uh, Leslie Zink at Soil Conservation, actually the one that puts that information in, and we'll get you uh, get you involved and get you included because, you know, you do the best you can with the first one, 
and but then people see how nice this thing is and they say man i wish i was in that or I, somehow i didn't hear about it or whatever the case may be we don't want anybody to be excluded on this so if you're growing local products or whatever let us know and we'll get you in the second edition when it comes out and also uh you know we want to make sure everybody's on that app which is a lot easier to add somebody to that than a and the magazine that comes out maybe once a year so exactly so uh jason galleon first responder state senator ag specialist educator farmer dad and husband i guess to paraphrase ronald reagan when he said some people go through life wondering if they've made a difference the marines don't have that problem when he spoke at a, the anniversary <laughs> of the marine corps well neither does jason galleon so thank you from all of us uh, oh, you're welcome for uh, for what you do. And let me add to that, Bob. It's not it's not easy running for office or being an elected official in any capacity. It is it is challenging. It's difficult. It's, it has its rewards, but it's also not easy to do. Everyone who does do that, who throws their hat in the ring or participates at that level, kudos and thank you so much. And some people, it's all they can handle. It's the only thing they do. But that's besides <laughs> okay, Bob. I was, stop it. <laughs> And okay. thank you to the families who support them. Definitely. I, because it, I mean, Sonia, everybody, it's, yeah, I, it really is. I said this, we had a little event the other night, and I, I made sure, you know, Sonia, my wife, I, we couldn't do this. I couldn't do any of this stuff without her, without the support of my family. And with those four little girls, when you get home after a long day, they come running to you. It makes it impossible to have a bad day. So you know, I'm just really lucky to have that support system. Couldn't do it without them. Amen. 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 And thank you to our county executive for and the whole cabinet for helping to provide this information and facilitate so many of these initiatives that uh, that you're working on so yeah it's great to have a county executive with a with a background in agriculture too so that's always you know it's something that's near and dear to him so it, it, i think it really shows in what all we're accomplishing plus those those sheep are cute <laughs> <laughs> speaking of sheep see, no Cuteness? speaking of uh, no speaking of Community service. What's going on at the library? Oh, my gosh. There's so many things happening at the library. Well, we're wrapping up summer reading, so that will be an exciting next week as schools start, as we'll be announcing our top schools in the county. And we have more than 17,000 students who that's, participate uh, every year. That's um, absolutely amazing. And thank you to our sponsors for that. And then, of course, we're kicking off all our fall activities, too. Um, lots of good things happening. Uh, Choose Civility Harford County is... Full steam ahead, we're doing a lot of initiatives, reaching out to people in the community, and that involves all ages. Our digital classes, our technology classes, our STEM classes are underway. So I always encourage everyone, we do have our Headlines and Happening publication, which we think has a really cute fall cover this year. Uh, it is available online, and it gives you a list of all the things that are happening in uh, September, October, and November. So, yeah, isn't that a cute CD? It made Bob Mumby smile. We have a lot Little of authors sweeties. coming to town and uh, all sorts of activities going on. And once again, we'll be hosting the One Maryland, One Book author, and that will be happening in November. So, And that is Great about program. the Flint, Michigan water crisis, which seems to be spreading because there is a city in, in New Jersey who just is recently having a water crisis. So very timely, very, very timely. And that's called uh, What the Eyes Don't See by Mona Hanna Atisha is the author. So, yeah, lots of good things happening. And, of course... Course, we have all our adult classes for technology, so if you want to learn how to do, do 3D printing or anything else, make sure you check it out. And it's all free. Something we're not we're not going to see. We haven't seen the end of is the water the infrastructure water. issues, I agree. especially in the um, industrial no northeast mm -hmm. and mid Atlantic, because the infrastructures are very old and in many cases underinvested in. And everybody who's returning to school next week, remember we do have homework tutors online that are also free and they're available 24-7 for all grades. So check it out, the library website. And I just want to give a quick save the date for two weeks from tomorrow. I can't be there because my son is getting married. Oh, congratulations. Wow. Jack Mumby. Wow. Um, but we... Um, uh, near and dear to my heart, I'm on the board of uh, is, uh, is Shore Hope Foundation, and it's a beautiful uh, team. It's a beautiful organization with a beautiful mission, and um, founded by Derek Hopkins and and Sandy uh, Galleon, who Jason knows. Yep. 
we're having our second annual Harbor of Strength uh, 10K, 5K, and one mile walk. And I believe, are you going to be competing in gear? Or has Derek shamed you into that? Not yet. But I'll, I'll be there, but I don't know if I'll be in gear or not. Okay, well, there's several fire companies that have signed up. To walk in gear or to run it? In uh, gear? To, to, yep, and, and I think there's about seven or eight yeah. uh, signed up to compete. But that is September 14th um, uh, in Haverty Grace. And if you want to sign up um, or check it out, go to sharhope.org. Or go to harborofstrength10k.com. And uh, Shar Hope is dedicated to um, helping people with the diseases of addiction and um, enter long-term recovery and uh, learn a, a new way of life. And it's just the most rewarding thing because we've had so many graduates and we have nine ladies up there now. And we have now an apiary. We're going to... Did our first jar of honey the other the other day, and um, really great stuff. And the community community support has been great. So that's and, my plug. And Bob, we're also supporting um, September is Recovery Month in Harford County, so there's a lot of different activities, a lot of speakers coming in, and uh, the community is showing support by uh, putting on uh, purple lights at their businesses. So uh, there's a lot of information and press releases at the Harford County government website. So you can check out more information. So it's an important month. And then uh, October is breast cancer awareness. And then November is no shave uh, November. So lots of good things happening in Harford County as we support each other. And surprisingly, I hear community services, Ms. Schroeds and her team have some really clever ideas for, for a few of those things. Yes, amazingly, I, so, amazingly yeah, it's about so. Time. <laughs> <laughs> all righty. So okay. that's all we have for the Harford Edge. Thanks for listening, and talk to you next week. Mm -hmm.